potatoes can be more wax and flaky. Nina here the song gets a little more naked. Mortimer the Belgian has a stance on fries. Shania Tain swaps girls for guys. Hear a Christmas song from a British nightmare. Mannequins rock with their slick back hair. The two and Cal met a New Year's Eve show. A 70s jam from Vinegar Joe. It's time for our show to start now. It's Addicted to Spuds on Weird Pals. Uh, welcome to Weird Pals, everybody. My name is Tim. My name is Andy. We are a podcast that explores every song of Weird Al's discography, one song at a time. We've made it to album four, song three, Addicted to Spuds. And by God, we need help from an expert. Um, sure, uh, they can be seen on an upcoming uh, Weird Al sort of adjacent documentary. But it's mostly about uh, dancing and not having clothes on. Uh, and we'll learn whether or not they have a strong opinion about potatoes. Everyone, welcome our guest for our show this evening. It's Nina Nightshade. Hi there. Hello. Nina, quick take on uh, potatoes. Quick take on potatoes. Best food out there. Best food I out mash there. Them, stick them in a stew. I can do just about anything with them. <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. This is familiar to me, but I cannot pull a reference. Someone help me. Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord Lord of the the Rings. Rings. Oh my gosh. My girlfriend's going to be mad that I wasn't able to just pull that. (laughs) (laughs) Capital M mad. Oh well. Just don't don't play her this episode when it comes out. That's That's right. Just skip it. Just skip it, babe. Nina, we are very grateful to have you here. Um, you are a uh, member of a very important squad that we learned about earlier this year. And the more we learned about it, the more excited we were to get to know everyone involved. Can you let us know your involvement with uh, Tight and Nerdy? Yes, uh, Tight and Nerdy, which is a burlesque troupe that performs solely two Weird Al songs. So not that, not Weird Al adjacent. Um I am one of the, the I think there's three of us, one of the first uh, honorary members of the troops. So I have been performing with the troupe um, in specific shows here and there um, for gosh, maybe a decade now, I'm not sure. I didn't do the math. Um, but I have also been a co-producer with them on the shows that we do in Portland. So I've been working with them, traveling with them to various shows and sharing the love of Weird Al. Portland strikes me as a uh, an excellent place for the burlesque scene. Is that does it match my um, assumptions or expectations of the town? Um, yeah, Portland is um, has a pretty strong burlesque community right now. Um, that's not really what it was when I started, but we're trucking right right along and creating a lot of different shows there's a lot of uh nerdy and weird shows so the bringing in titan nerdy um into the portland scene seemed like a no-brainer um but yeah we've got a pretty strong community here quite a few different producers and performers um people who travel through so i have a good time doing it it's exciting to to meet someone who's actually answered the call of keep Portland weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yes, I have. Uh, we definitely keep Portland weird and uh, naked. The, the bumper sticker industry has not gone, you know, uh, to no avail. <laughs> There are also bumper stickers that say make Portland weird again. So I'm also answering that call. Oh, good. Yes. We have one very important job here. We need to be exploring the song uh, Addicted to Spuds, which means I have to tell everybody about what I briskly learned about Robert Palmer. Uh, The only thing I knew about Robert Palmer before this brief research was that he did this one song. Did anyone, did anyone else come to the table with more information than that? Uh, I I knew he had at least one other song. I think I knew a little bit about him, more than just Addicted to Love, which uh, I should state is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love that song. Oh, interesting. I am a child yes. of the 80s, so I grew up with a mom that really loved Robert Palmer. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. How did this manifest? Um, had a big crush on him and his uh, his uh, suave looks. Um, the thing that I remember most when people say Robert Palmer, though, is the very iconic Palmer Girls yes. in his video. Um, and the it was the first time I had ever seen resting bitch face done beautifully. <laughs> uh, these ladies look bored to death and ready to kill and somehow they are playing musical instruments badly and looking fabulous doing it yes so that's what i remember about robert palmer i usually go in chronological order but let's cut straight to the the good bit let's go watch (laughs) yeah addicted to love it's one of the greatest music videos of all time just hands down it's so okay so if anyone has not seen this video that's listening to this we have four, five models backing a Robert Palmer. And Andy, Nina, how would you describe the demeanor of these of this backup band? I think Nina described it perfectly uh, with resting bitch face. Um, they're all wearing the same long sleeve, very tight high-necked miniskirt dress. Now, um, they're uh, definitely not smiling. They have the shiniest red lipstick that one has ever seen. Yes. yes. And the dark, dark eyeshadow. Yes. Um, and like slicked back hair. Um, now there is a debate. Is this a misogynist video? Or is this a parody of misogyny. Um, given the time frame, I don't think it's a parody, but I want to think it's a parody. <laughs> it's tough because they aren't necessarily, like the, the women in here aren't necessarily like sexualized beyond their overt like makeup. Uh, but they certainly are like giving like maybe like uh, they don't have a lot of agency certainly in their characterization but at the same time like I mean I think it can be said like there's some empowerment because they do not give a flying F about Robert Palmer in front of them they're just like we're here whatever we're doing our own thing screw you Rob that's I mean that's the 
the part of it that I emulate in the act that I do, that's what I love about these ladies, is they don't have to give anything to anybody. Yeah, that's right. In Nathan Rabin's book, where he talks about each of Weird Al's songs, he says... Uh, the Addicted to Love video is so grotesquely misogynistic that it almost comes all the way back around. It becomes a weird, disturbing commentary on the nature of misogyny and the dehumanization of women's bodies in pop culture. So that's his version of it. And I've, the, the fact that it's been adopted by lots of mimicry, like it's been covered in lots of different ways, makes me mm-hmm. think that it's my guess is that they too are in on the joke and that it's like a commentary of eighties culture, but it's unclear. Um, This is, I have, there's an interview with a handful of those in the video. Uh, This one is from a uh, Q magazine. Um, Mac Gilchrist, who plays the bass guitar in this video. Her version of the story says, um, Quote, I was 21 and got the part on the strength of my modeling book. We were meant to look and, quote, act like showroom mannequins. Director Terrence Donovan got us tipsy on a bottle of wine, but as we were having our makeup retouched, I lost balance on my heels and knocked the top of my guitar into the back of Robert's head, and his his face then hit the microphone. Oh! That's a fun story. Mannequin. Well, that would be why they all look identical, because every single mm-hmm. one is built like a white mannequin. Yeah. I okay. I the one thing I heard about the music video that I have no idea if it's true or not, and I I've just never believed it, is that Robert Palmer and the women were not on set at the same time. That story contradicts that, but that like he was filming in front of a blue screen. Ah. Is that, did you find anything about that? Because I have a hard time believing that story. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I I haven't heard that. Yeah, they look like they're on the same set. I mean, like, that's, it's too good of a visual effect if they weren't on on set at the same time. And this was the 80s. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, There's also something else that says VH1's pop-up video trivia about this video includes the fact that a musician was hired to teach the models basic fingering techniques but the quote gave up after about an hour and left so i don't know uh, i think part of what's iconic about that video is that it's clear that none of them know how to play the instrument they're playing yes and that's what's become like like before memes were called memes of like like the iconic thing of this video is like their like laissez-faire attitude about being a backup mm. band for this rock and roll guy and like just like plunking around and yeah being a mannequin being like a like one of those Chuck E. cheese animatronic bands as opposed to <laughs> anything close to real and certainly it seems intentional i'm gonna list off some examples of where this video was replicated in pop culture and each of you can give me one of them for us to go intentionally look at and comment on now there are like eight or nine options so um, think about what you want to vote for okay um option a uh there's a band called stardust with a song called music sounds better with you uh b Tone Locks, Wild Thing. Mm-hmm. C, 
somebody or something called Mr. Blobby. D, Bowling for Soup. E, Shania Twain. Mm -hmm. F, Shakira. G, Paula Abdul. And the last one, H, Britney Spears' Pepsi commercial. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Out of all of these options, um, Nina, which one sounds most enticing to go uh, revisit? I want to see, we were talking about the misogyny of it. I want to see what Shania Twain does with it. Yeah. You've got it. Let's go, girls. All right. Well, I already like her look. (laughs) Tell me why. What's she doing that works for you? I love the the dapper lady look, um, but she's got just enough femininity in it that she's not like trying to pull a drag king type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the smokiest eye you've ever seen. Uh, yes, it's yes, so and smoky. That, that Marlena Dietrich top hat look. Uh, now, Andy, what's going on with the backup band this time around? So this time around, it is a group of uh, mannequin men. They are all wearing the same tight, long-sleeved red shirts. Kind of sheer, but not totally see-through. What's on their heads? Uh, Like goggles? Goggles? Like like pilot Uh, goggles? Like snowboarding goggles or something? Something. But they all... They're all doing like the the no expression face. The main one they're showing kind of looks a little too smirky for me, for my taste. Mm. Uh, uh, which kind of defeats the purpose. They also but... don't have as much rhythm. Right. This is very much apparent. One of them's playing a double guitar, and I <laughs> use the guitar. term playing uh, loosely. Yes. Oh hey, we're getting oh, some there. burlesque there. She oh my gosh. Got that big jacket. All right, Andy, off of the list, do you want me to give it to you again? Or do you have a pick that you have in mind? Uh, I have to know what this, what was it, Mr. Blobby? I have to know what that's about. <laughs> Thank you for guessing, Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this might require further research that I did not do as to, like, what the f*** <laughs> is this? Because I think it's more than just this video. Um, but here is um, Mr. Blobby. Oh Okay, so in the description it says that this was the, uh, this is a single in the UK. Um, it was in the single charts, uh, the Christmas charts. It got number one in 1993. Um, Boy, okay. Mis- Mr. Blobby himself has 15,000 followers on YouTube. Um, wow! And <laughs> almost two minutes into this video, there is a reference to um, Robert Palmer's video. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Ah! What is that? Um, I'm not sure. Would you like to describe its vibe and visuals to me? Uh, I don't like the voice. Um, well, shaped like a Rus- uh, Russian nesting doll. Uh, pink with yellow polka dots. Wearing a white... No, it's a bow tie. It's a yellow bow tie with a white strap. Um, color 
Oh, I do not like that. Oh, God, that far. I just saw no. Five Nights at Freddy's today, so this is much scarier. <laughs> I just last night. <laughs> this is terrifying. This, this is much more frightening. Oh, God, now there are two. Now that now there's a, a female. There's a Ms. Blobby. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pressing this. I'm pressing this. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. All right. Well... <laughs> Let me give you a little. Um, I just did a Wikipedia, Mr. Blobby. Let me give you an explanation for what on earth we're looking at. Who the hell at. is this guy? All right, uh, Mr. Blobby is a character originally featured on the British Saturday Night Variety Show Knowles House Party, um, which broadcasted on BBC One. Uh, created by Charlie Adams, a writer for the show, Mr. Blobby is a bulbous pink figure covered in yellow spots with a permanent toothy grin and green jiggling ears mr blobby communicates by only saying the word blobby in Mm -hmm. an electronically altered voice expressing his moods through the tone of voice and repetition uh he topped the 1993 christmas charts with mr blobby the song i don't know if that really gives us much more context other than it came from some late night bbc show one of the suggested videos on the side of this is from WatchMojo UK, and it's the top 10 times Mr. Blobby infiltrated other shows. Mm. So that gives me some insight into who the hell this, this thing is. I wonder if it's the equivalent of like Conan O'Brien's Masturbating Bear or some like some weird bit from a late night show that went in. They were like, we spent this much money on this costume. Let's keep it going. It also doesn't seem like that great of an idea that caught on. He looks like a walking bowling pin. (laughs) Yeah. Or like one of those, what are those weird rubber toys where you like squish? Yes. Like features. The the eyes or the ears. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but that's exactly what he looks like. That's the exact shape. Uh... Weird, huh? Weird, everybody appropriate well that was fun yeah uh let me get (laughs) i'll do my due diligence to give you a little bit of the things that i learned um robert palmer he started uh at 15 years old in england uh with his first band called mandrakes um he got into jazz fusion really really quickly and ended up being in some like jazz fusion bands um alan bone set um, which was a band of the contemporaries of the Beatles, and um, got into a 12-piece band called Dada. Um, this one I really like. In the early 70s, he was a part of a band called Vinegar Joe, which is a fun band name. Later on, he would be in the supergroup The Power Station with members of Chic and Duran Duran. Um Ooh but uh, quickly left that band to nail down his solo career even more um, when Addicted to Love uh, became popular. Um, And that was in the mid-80s. But let's listen to the last thing, our last stop here with Robert Palmer um, is Vinegar Joe. This is the song Rusty Red Armor. April 1972. I got a lot of bandages on his fingernails. He's been a touring band guy. 
Drummer looks just as bored as the collar <laughs> Now it's the same Robert Palmer in the middle behind the microphone. Wow, look at that, that hair. Right? Don't sing me no more Oh yeah, I see that stage presence. <laughs> I mean, definitely channeling a little Mick Jagger there. Yes. Both in terms of uh, movement and look. Yeah, tight leather pants. Those are so tight. Wow. <laughs> I like this Elkie Brooks that's the other vocalist that's like tapping the tambourine the lightest anyone's ever tapped a tambourine. <laughs> It's a very polite tap. And she's got like a prospector hat. <laughs> this band is like giving me a lot of like Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem vibes. Like they're all very distinct characters. All right, gang. That's uh, my end of the story on Robert Palmer. Uh, I yield my time to the uh, Weird Al expert in the room. Uh, that would be me, apparently. That's right. Um, yes. Uh, so, talking about Addicted to Spuds, track three on Polka Party coming in at a whopping three minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, it was recorded during the second recording session uh, alongside Living with a Hernia and Here's Johnny, uh, August 4th through 5th, 1986. Um, so... You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about music videos, in particular Robert Palmer's music video. No music video was made for this song. And this is because there was a strict budget for music videos related to the album. And Al felt that the video would be, quote, one joke, unquote, and therefore it didn't merit one. Mm. Um, but Al did parody the video later, uh, in the music video he did for UHF uh, alongside all the clips from the movie. Um, there are a lot of uh, parodies in there from like Prince to Guns N' Roses and of course Addicted to Love. Um, this song appeared on the very first Greatest Hits album, despite Polka Party not being a success. Uh, it was also on the Permanent Record box set and the Food album, which I think I've said on the show before, but my first Weird Al album that I ever purchased. Uh, I, well, I say I purchased it. My parents purchased it for me on cassette. Boy, keep yourself honest. Yeah. Cause I had no money. I was seven or something. Um... It was played 138 times live between 1986 oh. and 1993, which is surprising that he hasn't played it since, according to uh, the setlist website that I that I use. The um, guy keeps on writing songs, and they got no room for it no more. Yeah, but this is still like I I think it's it's not like one of his biggest, most popular songs. But I think he's he still well. Does he not even loved. do it in like uh, those medley bits that he was ended up doing, where he would like play 30 seconds of a bunch of songs? Oh, that's you know oh, actually 
really good question. I will thank you. Quickly, everyone, write quick... it down. I asked a really good question. <laughs> Something I did not think to look into. Um, let's see if I can quickly find that in less than ten seconds. Oh, uh, don't mind it. We'll just cut this no. out when I spend so much no, time. No, no. Oh, do not cut this out. Do not cut this out. I am looking. I am going so fast. I'm going to find it, and it is going to be amazing. Leah, the more you, the more you talk, the slower you're going. That's not true. It was used in, uh, in melodies. Yay. Okay. Good. That hey. makes more sense. Validated. Yeah. Look at me. So he thought it. Was, so it's funny because he said it's only it's one joke, and uh, to the point where he's like, I'll only play 15 seconds of it in my shows. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's one joke, but that's what makes it funny as a burlesque act. Yes. Yeah. So, so tell <laughs> that's us. That's what so it's made for. You can pick, Nina, you can pick any song in the Weird Al oeuvre. Uh, what made Addicted to Spuds an enticing? Um, it's actually, I had already had a, another act that I was doing. And one day I was, when we were performing, was ready to do that act. And this was. Addicted to Spuds was one of the songs they play, you know, songs that we don't perform to before and after shows. And that played and I was like, why have I never heard this song before? Somehow I had never come across it. So um, being the person who loves potatoes and all their forms, I was like, I have to do that. I have to figure this out. Uh, and so I pitched an idea to uh, our fearless leader, Pickles Kintaro, and she was like, yes, yes, you were doing that. And next time we do a show, <laughs> I want to see <laughs> Wonderful. So. Love it. Inspired by the. Yes, it is. One, stu- well, technically mine's two jokes because I stripped down to wearing a potato sack. So. <laughs> yes. It was the old idiom that she's so pretty, she'd look good in a potato sack. So I literally made. The under costume is all made with out of an actual potato nice. sack. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> but that's what makes it so great is the the entire act is just me doing Palmer Girl dance. It's there's nothing hard about it. But what makes it funny is that the joke goes on for what? Three right. minutes. Nearly, nearly four minutes, yeah. Seconds. It's like audience, so. you're going to watch this and like it. That's right. It becomes it's funny and then stops being funny and it keeps going so it gets funny again and then it keeps going so it stops yeah. being funny and then it keeps going so it becomes funny again. And the strip tease adds just enough to keep people interested. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, one of the times that this that the song was played live uh, was when Alan the band uh, performed during MTV's New Year's Ball. Uh, at the end of 1986 into 1987. Oh. Uh, and the band was dressed as, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say. Let's just watch it. Ladies and gentlemen, Weird Al Yankovic. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> what are we seeing? Yes, good. Legs. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, good. Okay, so the... Ew. They're all Mr. Potato Heads. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, and he's slapping the guitar like, yeah, so they don't, they're not playing instruments either. Probably. <laughs> She's not even moving her fingers on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, so maybe this is not the actual band, but it's <laughs> different actors. What? He's got the, you know, the business suit. 
um, down, just like the regular video. He has a perfect helmet of uh, permed hair. Yes. <laughs> That's delightful. They all, all the potato heads have the green hat and the yellow glasses and their, their mascot-sized costumes, so they can barely reach around through to their guitars. But. <laughs> yes. And uh, fun fact, these costumes were provided by Hasbro. Oh, good sports. They are legit Mr. Potato Head costumes. Real thing. The real, authentic thing. Oh, Al is so serious when he's singing this. <laughs> the drummer is so good. Should also uh, be noted that the f- quality of this footage is like a second-rate VHS that's been left out in the sun for a few days, uh, <laughs> which just makes it all the more vintage. And it looked like nobody in the audience knows what's going on. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> They're just throwing around balloons. Yeah. They found the one person in the audience that was totally into it. <laughs> hey, if you reach one person, you know you've done something right. That's, that, that's what they say about art, isn't it? Um, the, the last few things I got uh, for Addicted to Spuds are on the Ask Al section on his website. Um, I guess... This is the person's name, Gideon Habercorn, which is just an amazing name, hmm. uh, sincerely, uh, asked the question, are you addicted to anything except spuds? To which Al answers, breathing in and out. I just can't stop. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yes. Y- yes. Please don't stop. Please don't ever stop. Uh, and the last thing I got is uh, a fan-made music video that is in 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 this man's humble opinion not great uh but i think it was done for a class at my local community college at college of marin because in the title it says calm and that's what people call college of marin so it and, and i remember i participated in uh some friends who were taking a class taking a film class and they had to do a music video um to an actual song and we did uh goo goo dolls black balloon uh you know the happiest song ever written uh oh that's deep yeah uh, my cover um, band does black balloon in our set andy oh i have nothing against black balloon i'm just saying it's no, not I a just, happy song a, a strange coincidence is all yeah <laughs> Well, it's it's quintessential '90s. It's awesome. It's Google Dolls. It's calm because it's communications. It's communications 441. I think that's the name of the class and not the name of the school. Well, I want to think that it was made in my home county. Okay, that's why we're gonna watch it. Well, if you okay, so we gotta look. Okay, as you do that, I'm gonna look see if I can find Thomas Knorzer, who's clearly the person who made this. I got distracted by the comments. All right, I'm back. (laughs) Oh, any good comments, Nina? One of them says looks professionally made, which, eh, debatable. (laughs) Zero tater haters here. (laughs) One of the comments is simply Weird Al. Well. Not wrong. Well. Now, from this opening shot, I was really hoping it was going to be a one-er, but then they cut to another shot. in the fridge. She can't find anything to eat. Oh, 
got hash browns. Yep. <laughs> That's not potatoes. <laughs> Toshiba product placement. Free Idaho publication. What? What? <laughs> what? What's the, the? Oh, oh, God. Okay, got it. I was like, "What's with the runway?" Okay, okay. She turned around, and there was a I heart spuds on the back. I get it. Guys, you're not gonna believe this. There's more than one Thomas Kinglozer on Facebook. Shocked. <laughs> Are any from Marin County? Well, there's one who, that went to Purdue University at Calumet. Um, this person lives in Virginia and is a get-out-and-go tours guide. Um, this person lives in Illinois and works at the Caldwell Banker, or at the Caldwell Bank. Um, this person's from Indiana, North Carolina, Indiana. And those seem like big potato places, so it's got to be one of these people. Okay, so probably not made in my home county, but whatever. We got to see that, and it's been seen. The end. <laughs> now I'm gonna look up the girl's name, <laughs> folks. We are uh, <laughs> witnessing uh, Tim Facebook stock to random people. All right, it's confirmed. That... This this was this is made at Purdue University Calumet, which okay. is like where is that? Probably not Idaho. If they're going to Idaho. Purdue University Northwest. We need to track these people down. In Hammond, Indiana. Okay. Hammond, yeah, Indiana. Let's track them down, message them, Tim, and we'll get them on a bonus episode of the show. All right. Uh, message. I'm currently messaging Carolyn, the star of this video. Um, Nina, what should I say in this message? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to start with hello. <laughs> please don't. Please don't waste this, this woman's time. <laughs> Nina, I need a quick I need a quick message for a stranger. I need to come off as a nice guy but not a weird person. I need your help. Oh, dude. I do not support this. The show can't continue until you message this person. <laughs> I'm holding everyone hostage. I've stopped typing. <laughs> Jeez. This this is gonna be evidence in a trial, Tim. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm only gonna release it to the public, so it's just fine. Oh boy. Nina, you get to control the show because it's the the last leg of the show, and we have the third. Oh, that's the dangerous. third person. You can take us in any direction. You can talk about the show. You can talk about Weird Al. You can talk about potatoes. You can take us wherever you wanna. <laughs> I did not come prepared with notes. Excellent. Great. So <laughs> you're like even better. Yes. Great. Um, God, I. I don't even know where to start. I, again, you know, I'm a member of this, this troupe, which clearly we all love Weird Al. And it was funny because a lot of people are like, wow, I didn't know you loved Weird Al that much. And I'm like, I, Weird Al's great. I love these ladies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, they're really the ones that, uh, you know, pushed me through the door. Um, but I, I did read a book called the history of the potato what um there is there is an it's an actually very fascinating book I'm about sure, the history yeah. of the potato and how it bounced around the world 
What came first, uh, your interest in the song or you read this book? Um, well, I read the book after I created the act, but I didn't read it because of the song necessarily. Mm-hmm but because of my love of potatoes. Okay, okay. This is some real, real like, you're showing you've put in the work. You can't, you don't just say you're a fan of potatoes like some regular person. I, I, I don't just love potatoes. I'm a scholarly you're reader scholar of potatoes. potatoes. Okay, this is exciting. What kind of stuff did you learn from the history of the potato? I, well, one of the things that I learned is it literally did save, like, Ireland from starvation. It's true. That, Bringing the potato over. So the potato, when it originally came into the UK, was only in royal gardens because it was so special. Oh, wow. And figured out how to cultivate it in such a way that it could grow quickly. And it grew much quicker than like the turnips and the various other root vegetables that they were growing in um, Ireland and Scotland. And so they started cultivating those. And that was one of the things that saved them from starvation. Um but that they originate from South America. I didn't so know that. Wow. When they were, yeah, they originate from South America. Um, the The original ones are much smaller and a lot more uh, nutrient-packed, but I think, you know, we know that's how it goes with a lot of vegetables. Yeah, sure. um, the original ones are generally smaller and better for you. But, but yeah, they started as a South American crop that was brought over. And in these very fancy, I think it was originally brought to France, but I'm not, I'm not too good. I never was good at uh, doing well on my history test. So don't quote me on that, but it did make for some really interesting stuff. And to hear all the like politics around potatoes and all the ways Mm. that it changed and all the people who thought about different strains and how they created them. And so... If they were originally brought to France, is is that why they're French fries? <laughs> mm. uh, I have a friend from Belgium, and he will tell you they are Belgian. They are not French. I think oh. I've heard that. I think I heard that before. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, in honor of my friend Mortimer, I am going to fight for the Belgian potatoes instead of the French potatoes when it when we get down to world war three we're on the side of the belgians just to be <laughs> clear i'm gonna have to side with belgium i'm sorry, sorry. whichever side they're on who's, who's fries or chips oh yeah that's right <laughs> there's um justine my girlfriend and i went on a trip to the east coast recently and you can take a tour of both the uss constitution and which is like a sort of old timey 19th century boat. And yeah. then the USS Cassignan, which is like a 20th century warship thing. One of those two, I think is the constitution. Uh, we were like learning about the history of these boats and what they were used for. And it was the constitution was like the story that we like walked in through was like, this is the boat that took all the potatoes to Ireland. And we're like, Oh, we were not expecting that story. Wow. It was like a huge wall display of like the famine in Ireland and how the U.S. was like, we got to go back. And so it was like we took this warship and turned it into a peace mission and like a brought potato potatoes over on this. Yeah, brought a, made a potato boat. Potatoes, saving people and creating political uh, togetherness. <laughs> <laughs> the peace-loving potato. Yeah, <laughs> peace-loving potato. Gang, a quick poll 
um, if you had to eat one style of potato only for the rest of your life. Rude. Which one do you side with? I'm I'm pars I'm like a parsley potato person, like the baby potatoes with mm-hmm. just butter and parsley. Oh, okay. I had to do just one. That's what it would be. I like waxy potatoes instead of the flaky potatoes. Mm. Waxy potatoes. I I can't even. I don't know the difference, but you you need both to make great mashed potatoes. Oh, okay. I see. I'm telling you now. Yes. <laughs> Red potatoes <laughs> and yellow potatoes are waxy, and mm-hmm. then you're like uh-huh. Idaho baker is a flaky potato. Okay. Okay. Well, this is good because Thanksgiving's coming around the corner and we need to all get our potato game yeah. upped. Um, I'm leaning maybe waffle fries might be where I go. That's fair. Like a hearty, yeah. real hearty Why? One. Why that type of fry? Why not? Uh, why not curly others? fries? Which I, why not curly? Why not um, wedge? I can't think of any types sure. of fries at the moment. Yes. For Jojo's. That's yeah, JoJo's. There we go. Um, I think maybe in my experience of having all of those multiple times, my, the 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 consistency rate is at a higher clip on the waffle mm. fry front. I think I've had poorer examples of other ones. That might just be the places where I'm getting these things from. But I think my personal history of waffle fries has been more at a yeah higher level of excellence. Uh, I mean, like I was raised on mashed potatoes like i mean mashed potatoes but i think specifically i would have to go with you know speaking of thanksgiving the mashed potatoes that uh were always made at my friend uh uh, my family friend lenny's house where we would go for thanksgiving um they were always just the best potatoes they had to be a right the right amount of uh milk or cream in there it wasn't like too much it didn't taste like too creamy um the consistency was awesome and of course with gravy on top it was some of the best potatoes ever so i would i would need a machine that would generate that exact kind of potato to deliver to yeah. me for consumption to be clear to be clear we're on the uss enterprise and you got that machine that you can just say whatever and it just shows up every day yeah i figured that was but the subtext broken of the question because it only does that one yeah okay yeah <laughs> good, good, good. yeah it's like I broke it, so it could only do that once. So the entire crew, uh, the Starfleet crew, has to be has is this right. they got to eat what I want to eat. There we go. I'm Sorry, the I forgot the whole context of the question, but we did good anyway. Captain Spud. Um, we've come to the end of our show, everybody, but we can't get out of here until we do one final thing. Nina. Yes. You know it's really hard to compare two songs. Um, and decide which one is better, like objectively, because we all have our own interests and preferences. It's hard to compare art against art, and you can have a discussion and interesting conversation, but to come up with like a finite ranking, it's nigh impossible. Thank God we found a random website called Get Song BPM that we've turned into a machine to answer this very question. One side is we're going to input Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. And on the other side, we're going to input Weird Al's Addicted to Spuds. And it will give us five measured parameters on the song. So whichever song wins three out of these five rounds will be determined the better piece of art right on this show. Oh, no. Nina, 
since you're the performer, would you like to represent Weird Al in this face-off? Uh, absolutely. Sorry, before we uh, close this episode, I, I would be very sad if I don't mention that the cover of Addicted to Love by Florence and the Machine is awesome, so if you haven't heard that, it's... Oh, the cover of Florence and the Machine, Addicted to Love. The cover that Florence and the Machine did of Addicted to Love is great. Yes. Is excellent. It's so good. How fast is Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love? It comes at 112 beats per minute. Ooh. Nina, what about Weird Al's Uh, song? Al's coming in at 116 beats per minute. That's a win for round one for Weird Al. Oh, my gosh. Now we're excited. Four beats faster. Uh, Nina, what's the category for round two? Dance ability. Mm. All right. Now, performing uh, burlesque, is dance ability a, a quality that you look for in a song? Or is it? 100%. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we better hope that we got some danceable song in here. Um, Andy? I mean, they're both pretty danceable, but. Uh... It's true. We're I only s- dance to one of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. That should be some sort of multiplier factor in here. Right. W- would you call Andy? the Florence and Machine cover danceable? It's slower, but I mean, you can do like, I don't yeah. know, something. You can sway. Sway. I do a lot of, sl- I do a lot of uh, <laughs> slow burn stuff. Andy, what's the uh, danceability of Robert Palmer? It comes in at 71 footprints or whatever that symbol is. All right. Nina? I have 78. Oh! Oh, I didn't think I was going to win that one. Ooh! Coming out ahead, two to nothing. All right. Oh, they both seem to be pretty danceable. That's right. Not bad on the danceability front there, Al. Um, Nina, what's the third category called? Third one is energy. All right. We're looking to liven up the crowd out there in the show. We need some energy. Andy, what's the energy of Addicted to Love? 59. 59. Oh, my goodness. Nina, can we beat 59? Weird Al is coming in at 61. Al wins. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. With a 3-0 sweep. Now, let's see if we can... We have. I think we've yet to have a clean sweep 5-0. This could we've be come it. very close. Which, <laughs> which is to say we've had some 4-1s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Nina, a couple of our favorite categories are coming up. What's the next one called? The next one is acousticness. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, Andy, what's going on with the acousticness of Robert Palmer's original? Addicted to Love has an acousticness level of 37 ukuleles, or whatever that symbol is. 37. 37 ukes. Okay. You're All not right. getting a clean sweep. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. 24. Oh, man. The day is still on the horizon where it, we can have a clean sweep. It, just because <laughs> just because potatoes have to play electric instruments is just the way it goes. 
Today is not the day. Mr. Potato Heads right. have to play electric. Well. Um, we've only done 50 of these. And, uh, <laughs> haven't gotten there yet. Um, <laughs> let's do the last category. Nina, what's the last one we're using? Liveness. Liveness. All right. Now, not liveliness. This is liveness. Um, whatever that means. <laughs> it's a grand mystery. Um, Andy, what's the liveness of Addicted to Love? Six. Six. Oh, that's... I thought I was going to lose that one. I'm at 13. Oh, man. And just like that, a four out of five win for uh, Weird Al and Addicted to Spuds. <laughs> Scientifically the better song. That's right. We've used science. <laughs> Nina, thank you so much for hanging out with us this evening. Yeah, Woo. thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, um, where should our audience come find you should you wish to be found in any of your creative endeavors in the near future? <laughs> um, I Well, I'm in Portland, Oregon, so you can find me generally in the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm all over the place. I'm all over. Find me on the internet. Seek the wind. And you shall find there's, Nina. There's social media things out there. You can find me there. Yeah. Be a weirdo and just ask her a random question on Facebook and see Just what be happens. nice about it. Just be nice just, about that's it. That's all I ask. We were nice. Don't be, don't be rude. <laughs> don't be rude. Did you, did, you, <laughs> did you send that person a question? I haven't sent anyone anything. <laughs> okay, good. I, did, I don't know. I'm not in the same room as you. I can read the room just fine. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? No one was ticking me up on the bit, so I stopped typing. I've got a good sense of things. Now, will I go back and te uh, text that guy? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He seems nice. <laughs> um, everyone, it's time to get out of here, but we do need to leave with our show's catchphrase. Hmm? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>